and in truth. May we lift up our voices and sing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Accept the Lord in thy sight, for you are our rock, and Lord, you are redeemed. May you be pleased with our worship and our praise. We pray, Amen. 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 As we continue to worship our awesome mighty God, we worship and fellowship with one another together. Amen. So we can take the time to encourage and welcome one another a little something like this. Thank you. 
Amen, amen. Or dance before the Lord. Amen. 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 How good it is to worship our God, our spirit, and in truth. Amen. 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 I, I, I don't want to see if the choir can do that one more time. That could just sing dance before the Lord. Amen. Can y'all do that one more time, please? If you have your Bible, you can join in with me. We'll be in Second uh, Samuel, uh, sixth chapter. We're going to pick up at verse twelve. Second uh, Samuel, uh, sixth chapter. We're going to pick up at verse twelve. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, those who have the Word of God, you're welcome to stand and honor the reading of God's Word. I'm going to skip a few, so I'm going to look at verses twelve. Uh, to 14, and then we're going to go down to verses 21 to 22. Uh, so first, we're going to look at verses 12 to 15 in the New Living Translation, 2 Samuel 6, chapter. And then we're going to go to verse 21 and 22. 2 Samuel 6, chapter, verse 12. New Living Translation reads this way. I stay some pages turning our way. Amen. Glad we can journey together. And come to the same conclusion in reading of God's word. Second Samuel 6, chapter, verse 12, New Living says, The king of David said, was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Verse 21. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes 
But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. Amen. As you take seated, you can tell the subject matter to your neighbor. Say, I was a foolish before the Lord. Amen. Let's continue on and worship our God. text today. I'm going to highlight a different verse this time now. 
uh, in this second uh, Samuel 6 chapter, I want to lift up how Michael looked at contempt uh, at David. We'll find that now in the sixth chapter, verse 16. New Living Translation. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing for the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Continue on, join in with me at verse 20. Then when David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Then we look at verse 21. David told him, Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those seven girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Praise God for his word. Thank you for those able to stand in honor reading of God's word. Amen. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Say, I will. Say, I will. Look foolish for the Lord. I want to talk about today how we continue on dealing with our subject matter, right? Raising a Joshua generation. I want to talk about today how oftentimes people want to do something to look cool. And who do you want to look cool for? You want to look cool for your peers, those who you're trying to impress. Yes, but do you wake up in the morning saying, God, I want to look cool for you? Because that would be a different mentality. That would be a different mindset. I will dress differently if I want to be cool for God. I will talk differently if I want to be cool for God. But notice how when we want to be cool for others, we want to make sure that they like us. And as you know, fashion changes. Things change. What might be popular today may not be popular tomorrow. All, all of a sudden, you look at our popularity is, is those who watch football and follow football, and you know the Super Bowl champions have a pretty good combination in a quarterback and a tight end. And all of a sudden, every, now everybody thinks Travis Kelsey's a new person. Only because the Taylor Swift took over. Taylor Swift showed up to the football game, so this person must be important. <laughs> And so it's funny, right, how you can go on social media, people are talking about, like, this guy was, like, anonymous, and nobody ever knew who he was until Taylor Swift met him, right? And these people are saying that, honestly, because they don't watch football. They know what Taylor Swift does. And so it's amazing, right, her popularity came into football and made Kansas City very popular. The same thing that we saw what popularity does here is that Coach Prime leaves Jackson State University, and goes to Colorado, and then one day, all their games are sold out for the season. <laughs> Celebrities want to be on the sideline to be with Coach Prime. That's the hottest ticket in the nation, is go see Colorado Buffalo. Are they ranked? Nope. <laughs> but they have Coach Prime. It's amazing how once celebrity and and, and notoriety comes around. People do things because they want to be around it. They want to be accepted and in this place. But here it is. I want to highlight here that God is always God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whether he is popular or unpopular, it does not change who he is. And when we can understand that's who we are in our identity, I don't have to be popular to be me. I had a few amens. Sometimes in our lives, we get caught up because somebody does not like us. And it's, and it's sad oftentimes, right, when we place our value at how much somebody might esteem us, then we place value at how much God esteems us. Think about how much God loves you. That he sent his only son to die on the cross for your sins. Think about people that love you, how they are willing to sacrifice. They are even willing to be humiliated for your name's sake. One more example talking about how when we understand our identity and who we are, 
Many of you might be familiar with the cartoon Bluey. If you're not, check it out. Bluey is a cartoon on Disney, and there's one episode about how uh, Bluey and her, and her sister Bingo have, have a game and it has a music, and she wants everybody to dance when she wants them to dance, no matter what, they got to dance. And, but yet the sad thing is that all of them don't want to participate because they don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> but yet they got, that's the rules of the game, though. When I said you got to dance, you got to dance. And so here it is that their, their dad is the final one. That, her, she has only three times, so she can only do it three times, so she has to choose it. And she has the last one. And she ties all the tails together of the parents and, uh, 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 and her sister, and they all got to dance in a crowd while the guy's playing on the, on the street drums in the area. And as he's dancing around, it's being fooled, and the crowd is clapping and going crazy. He says, I'm only doing this because I love my dog. <laughs> and so he's willing to be foolish because how much he loves his daughter. Well, my question is, how much do you love God? Are you willing to be foolish in front of everybody else because of how you want to serve God? Think about what you will do for the Lord. Well, I will be a fool. I will dance, I will sing, I will shout, I will pray, I will serve, I will surrender. Do not allow others to limit you in serving the Lord our God. Serve the Lord your God knowing that he is pleased with your true worship as you worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's unpack why is David willing to worship God in such a way. Well, first we want to highlight here is that David now is entering into his power. David has been on a run for almost 40 years, hiding from Saul. But now victory is coming to him, and he is uniting and bringing the kingdom together. So as the family of Saul, the remnant of Saul, is becoming weaker, and the family of David is becoming stronger. And one thing I want to highlight here is that David realized that the ark has not been with them because it got lost under Saul. And now David wants to bring the ark back into God. But what happened here is that as they were bringing forth the ark, Uzzah decided to help out when the ark stumbled, that he touched the ark. He steadied the ark. And yet God struck him down. Why, why, why did God strike him down? I want you to ponder that. I'm going to address that in a moment. But think about what does the ark of the covenant represent? The ark of the covenant represents God. Psalm 90, 99, 1 says, The Lord is king. Let the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. So imagine as they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and on the Ark of the Covenant, on the top of the Ark of the Covenant, are the cherubim, which are angels with wings, both facing each other, forced in, and said, so that is God's throne. So imagine that when they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they are carrying God sitting on the throne. I know you've seen the picture before of royalty being carried out on their shoulders, walking around, when they're fanning themselves, saying, yes, I am royalty. Yes, look at my minions serving me. But Israel will proudly put God before them saying, no, we don't go anywhere without the presence of God. So not only does the ark represent God sitting on his throne, but the ark also represents the power and the presence of God. And when they understand this, they understand that they don't go without the covenant. So the ark of the covenant represents God who should be honored, who, who is holy. And because he is holy, that's why Uzzah got struck down. It's sad, but it's true. Because God has set the law. Who can touch this Ark of Covenant? Only the assigned Levites can carry it how it's supposed to be carried. With sticks put into the hooks as he made it to be designed to be carried. But what happened here is that David got ahead of himself. You go back and look at the text. He made a new cart. I want you to understand this. David's design of the new cart was not better than God's design. That new cart got unsteady with the ox that the guy said, oh, let me touch it, and boom! And then what happened? David didn't fear the Lord. He wasn't scared of the Lord, but he had new respect and reverence for God because he understood that God, I didn't do this the right way. And so then he said, let me put this in Obed's home and let it rest. But what happened? While the ark was in Obed's home, it says God blessed that family. Mm-hmm. 
and they increased. Yes, sir. When David heard that God was blessing them, David says, all right, then God is ready for me to move. Because he was waiting for a sign. He said, if God is happy, right, he will be blessing. So once he was blessing, he says, let me go back and let me get it right. But notice he does not come now with a new car. He realized that, that, that my way was not the right way. Let me do it the Lord's way. So that's what we picked up in our text. So then he says that when he came back, verse 12, y'all with me? Then the king of day was told the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because the ark of God. Tell you, there's blessing in his presence. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom, the city of David, with a great celebration. Notice how I want to highlight here that David is already celebrating before he reached his destination. He's already anticipating God being with them to bring the ark back to the city of David. There was preparation in this. This was not just, hey, just go out and get it. No, this was preparation. Like, y'all come out. We're coming out. Because I want you to highlight here. Notice how David is dressed. It says that he has a priestly ephod on. He does not have this king regalia on. And you have to be qualified to be a priest. So he comes as a priest. And because he comes as a priest, he's able to do, do some of the priests. He's able to help lead in sacrifices. And I want to highlight this, too, because King David, his throne reigns forever. And out of this reign comes the order of Melchizedek, a priest, a king. And out of the tribe of Judah comes a priest and a king. For the two generations from David, y'all know him as Jesus. So here it is, this king, this priest, coming before the Lord with joy and excitement. Verse 13, after the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened cow. I want to highlight something very specific here. David was not in a hurry to go too fast this time. After they took six steps, everybody was still standing. Our God, we good. <laughs> Let us take a moment to worship him. Sacrifice to him and say, Thank you, God. Notice that. They said, After they took six steps. So the seventh was rest. The Sabbath was rest. And so they, they, at their time, they rest. They worship God because God was with them. Because when they were going the last time, he struck down the and said, Don't touch my stuff. And, 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 and in Sunday school, we talked about before, right, before the ark of the covenant of God, right? Don't burn the wrong incense. He'll strike you down. You can't just play in the presence of God. God has, I'm holy. And because I am holy, I have a higher standard. And, and because of my higher standard, I want you to walk at a higher standard. Sometimes that might look foolish to other people. Doing the things differently. But David realized that, Lord, I want to do it right. And so, and David danced before the Lord. Y'all see that? And David danced before the Lord. After he took the six steps, after he made the sacrifice and the bull and the fattened calf, he celebrated. One that suggests to us that God accepted the sacrifice. David was grateful not only that God accepted the sacrifice, but also God was with them in their walking. And then David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. Highlighted here again that David came to worship. So he did not have an outer cloak on, but he had his inner garment on as a pre and a priestly ephod and a robe on with him as he's walking and dancing. Now, it says to him, suggesting dancing, but some suggest that when you look at the word dance, it's not necessarily that he was, you know, doing a b-boy dance or he was doing a TikTok dance, but he was just simply spinning. And if you know, if you're twirling and you're wearing a long dress or a long skirt, what's going to happen? It's going to fly up. And so he's probably just spinning and swirling, like the, and, and oftentimes it was the women that were dancing. So he might be just spinning with them and say, hey, we're going to do this together. Just having a good time, what? Before the Lord. He wasn't dancing for an audience. 
He wasn't dancing to go viral. He wasn't dancing to be cool. He was dancing because God has accepted his sacrifice. God has blessed him to bring the ark of the covenant back. God is with him. God has blessed him to overcome being traced by David. I'm sorry, chased by Saul, that he has lost some mighty men. He lost some people. He lost some friends. But God has been with him and prospered him that now he didn't have, have any children, but now he has children and that he's on his way to the throne of God being son. He had a reason to worship God because I've been through some stuff, y'all. I don't know about you, but there's some times in my life when I've been through some stuff, I, I let a release go when I start dancing. I like to dance. If y'all don't know, I like to dance. And, and oftentimes, I'll embarrass my family because I'll go out on the dance floor and I would dance. And when I was a kid, it was cute. When I got older, they said, why didn't I stop doing that? It's not cute anymore. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to go dance. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I was comfortable who I am. I didn't care if I looked embarrassed because I was happy. And here's this, that David said, my joy did not come from you. My joy because what God has done for me in my life. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of the ram's horn. But then we can see the conflict here. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw the king's David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Now, Michael has a good reason to have contempt because that's how she felt. Oftentimes, we discredit people's emotions and their feelings because we don't agree with them. I don't have to agree with her feelings. That's how she felt. But let's look at the reason why would she might feel this way. Possibly some reason why Michael might have had contempt towards David at this moment and at this time is that one, she was David's first wife. Y'all notice I said first. So that means there's more than one. <clears throat> so David was her first wife. Now, but also, too, she loved him because what did she see David do? He defeated Goliath. So not only did Michael love David, so did Jonathan. And these are Saul's children. Liking the one that's going to replace him more than like their daddy. Come on, somebody. First Samuel 18, 20 says, So in the meantime, Saul's daughter Michael had fallen in love with David, and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Because, because Saul decided, well, if I make him my son-in-law, then I can put him in harm's way. What, what did he do? Because in order for a poor person to marry somebody higher, they got to do something. And they don't have anything. He says, oh, don't worry about it. You don't got to give me no dowry. Just go give me a hundred Philistines foreskins. Which means that you got to go defeat some people. This little boy can't beat these people up. He, he got lucky with Goliath. Y'all, y'all see this happening here? Saul so blind that he missed that God was with him. Oh, he got lucky with Goliath. He can't do this on his own. He came back and said, here you go. <laughs> he said, oh, this ain't working. <laughs> He defeated. He became more victorious, leading the army. He kept on putting him on the front line, trying to get rid of him. But he kept on coming back with victory and victory. And Michael loved him. Matter of fact, he came back with so much victory that Michael helped him escape out the window because her dad was trying to kill him. But then they, they were separated. They were separated from that moment in time. And the war between the house of Saul and the house of David was long. And in that time, Michael was separated from David and she remarried. David has grown stronger as Saul has grown stronger. It says it this way, 2 Samuel 3, 2 and 5. These are the sons who were born to David in Hebron. The oldest was Amon, whose mother was Ahinoam from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Micah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Jesha. The fourth was Adonijah, whose mother was Haggad. The fifth was Sepai, whose mother was Abitel. The sixth was Ephraim, whose mother was Eglat, David's wife. These sons were all born to David in Hebron. Y'all told y'all she was the first. But now he's got a full house. Her kids are not are hers. With other women in the mix. And David now, coming back in power in the third chapter, he demands for Michael to return back to him. Mm. Verse 13 to 14, verse chapter 3, the second Samuel. Y'all with me? All right, David, David replied. 
but I will negotiate with you unless you bring back my wife, Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come. David then sent this message to Ishobet, Saul's son. Give me back my wife, Michael, for I bought her with the lives of 100 Philistines. See, he says, I've worked for this. So give back to me my wife. What happens is that, and you look at verse 16, Michael may have, may, maybe, this is a possibility, I don't know, but maybe this is a possibility. He may have resentment of leaving her then husband, being forced to leave to go see David. Look at verse 16 in chapter 3. Y'all with me? It says, Palti followed along behind her as far as Barhurim, weeping as he went. Then Abner told him, go back home, so Palti returned. So her husband that she's leaving was following behind her, basically, baby, please don't go. <laughs> baby, please don't go, right? He's just crying, baby, please don't go, come back. Until Abner said, y'all, you need to go. You need to go back because she leaves. This, 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 is a, this is a done that they negotiated peace. See, see, Saul, see Saul's family is, 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 is increasing. And so Beth is last of that. And he's negotiating with David. Basically, how can we work this out? He said, hey, y'all want to work this out? Bring me back my wife. And therefore, he forced his, his wife to come back to him. But then also, she possibly might have resentment because what did David say now back in our current text? Verse 20, chapter 6. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael... The daughter saw came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel look today. Now, I want to highlight here that she was being sarcastic. This is hyperbole. It's kind of like a left-handed comment. Basically saying like, oh, aren't you distinguished? She's letting her know that you're not as good as you think you are. You think you're special, but look how you're behaving. She's looking down upon him, and, and possibly all that contempt she had, look sitting, she was looking high, looking low, and looking at, look how he's acting right now. And here it is, this is the one that loved him, that hit him, and fought against her father, but now things have changed. You know, sometimes in our relation, things change. And so she has contempt towards him, but notice how David does not have contempt towards her. But he's letting him know the reason why I did what I did. Y'all with me here? He's pointing out to her and saying that, yes. So he agreed with her. I want to highlight something. Sometimes it's okay to agree with somebody if you don't agree with them. He says, yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish. So he understood what she was saying. Aren't you distinguished? And, and so, so look at it again. So 2 Samuel 6, chapter, verse 21. We look at this conversation of a husband and a wife. And this is one of his wives of many. <laughs> And David told her, Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Notice what he says. He says, they don't see me as foolish. They see me as distinguished. But even if I look foolish before you, I know God is pleased for what I am glorifying him for what he has done in my life. I want to highlight this, that oftentimes when we come to worship, we want to be dignified. And I want to encourage you that it's okay to wave your hand. It's okay to clap your hands. It's okay to sing the songs on the Lord. And, and, and I know some of you say, well, I don't got a good singing voice. That's all right. God gave you your voice. And he wants to hear your voice. Psalm 100 makes a joyful noise unto the Lord. And when you lift up your voice, God is pleased when you make that sound. But also I want to encourage you that sometimes that we want to worship God, but we don't want nobody else to see us worship God. I don't know why you are so concerned how everybody else is looking at you when God is always looking at you. Are you making sure that God is pleased in everything that you do before him? Then we will be more holy. I wish I would a few more witnesses. We will, we will talk holier. We will walk holier. We will be holier when we understand that, God, I want to honor you. But we make sure we're going to be cool. We'll get our hair done, our nails done. we get new shoes. we get all the other things. We'll go broke to impress somebody. But we go cheap when it comes to God. We can schedule vacations, but we can't schedule a day to go to worship. We can dance all night. We come to worship, we just sit there all day. Not going to sing, not going to dance, dismiss, all we out. 
We have some people that are right. It's, I'm not trying to knock them, so I'm going to be mindful that we all worship different. But y'all understand that you ever get the urge, you want to clap, but you know, I don't want to clap. They might look at me funny. Don't worry about that. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon your heart, you ought to dance like David danced. Notice what he says, that I will get even more dignified. He's letting them know that I am not and I am not discouraged from what you're saying. I'm going to keep on doing what God has called me to do. And so I, I think about that how even if I have a child that's going to run the, run the aisles here in the church, let them run. I let them run in the aisles, let them run in the streets. Let, let us not get up and say, oh, that's not dignified. That's not, well, well, get with that child. Why don't you run with the child? Maybe they might sit down there and they're like, why are you running after me? <laughs> what, but that won't look dignified. No, it won't look dignified. That's why the prodigal son says the father ran. That was not dignified. The fact that the father ran showed that I'd rather be where you are than to be away from you. We have times and lives that we have dealt with that right that just because of the color of your skin, you didn't feel dignified when you walked in. They looked down upon you because of the way your hair looks, the way your clothes look. You don't fit in. You felt like you were watching Sesame Street hearing somebody say one of these kids is doing their own thing. One of these kids is not the same. There's times in our lives that we felt ostracized and looked upon and realized that people say, why are you here? This is the time that we need to understand that the times that we might have to be foolish and we might have to look undignified by saying, God, am I in the right place? Then if I'm in the right place, then I'm going to dance like David danced. That means I'm going to give you my best no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. I may be the only one representing my people here, but I'm going to represent you, God, most and foremost. Regardless of the stereotype, regardless of the thing. But there's times in our lives, too, that sometimes we get injured, right? And we don't want to see anybody see us hurt. Uh, I'm not going to walk around with my cane because I'm too cool for that. I'm not going to come out because I'm on a walker and I don't want nobody to see me. I'm not going to walk around on my crutch and I'm going to act like it don't hurt. But come on out. Let's walk around and be who you are. Be who God made you to be whatever circumstance of life we're going through. We, all, we always think about how we want to present somebody, but realize that, God, let me deal with life as it comes. David was dealing with life as a king. He first thought he was doing it right with making a cart. The cart wasn't right. It didn't work out right. Uzzah passed away. God's trying to know. He needed that place to break out towards Uzzah, that place where having a memorial. But yet, he says, we need to put this. But yet, when he realized that God was blessing Obed, now I want you, I want you to understand this. We need to read it in the text. continue on. When he brought the ark of the covenant back, the gatekeeper who watched the house was Obed. He said, man, God been so good to you, we're going to bless you some more. You, you make sure everything is taken care of. So I'm going to trust you as a Levite to make sure it's always right in the house of God. When we are allowing God to use us, it's amazing how he introduces us to other people like-minded to be able to do the same thing. And here's the situation to encourage that we are dealing times now that people are looking down upon us and trying to uh, uh, remove us and discourage us. But that's why we got to look out and say, who's being ostracized? Who's being lifted up? Who's looking down upon that we need to lift up? We need to encourage, let them know that they are dignified because God made them. We are dealing with people with disabilities, people with uh, um, uh, inabilities, and all these things. Yet when we, when we treat them as their others, we're not helping how much more we need to treat them with dignity and respect the way you want to be treated. And so the more we understand, like, man, how can I be more like David? How can I realize I'll be foolish for everybody if it's going to bring glory and honor to God? So let people talk about you. Let them knock you down. But know that God will be with you. Know that I will be foolish in the sight of the Lord. I will rejoice even if it makes me look foolish. So, so that was the opportunity I gave some to break out that shell. When I said, hey, choir, play it again. Because you feel like dancing, but you just didn't like, oh, everybody going to look at me. So I'm going to give you that freedom. Say, hey, let's play it again. You want to get up, do it. Oftentimes in our lives, right, we just don't want nobody to see us. But I guarantee if I saw you at a concert of your favorite artist, you didn't care who was looking. You were singing, shouting, hoping that you could get up on the stage. They're going to bite you on the stage. You're like, yeah, that's me. It's me. I've seen people do that stuff, go crazy to try to get on the stage. 
How much more can we just show God how much we love him? We don't have to wait for an event. But every day is another, another opportunity to thank God that I'd rather be foolish. So I'm, I'm going to close with this to think about the foolishness. Jesus made it very clear that he was a stumbling block to others. And what was foolishness in their side was wisdom in God's side. What was foolish? What was wisdom? He says that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. What was foolish? The foolishness was the cross. It was foolish for a guy to die on the cross. Go back and read any stories about gods and what gods, you know, died for people. They killed gods because they were evil in all those Greek stories, right? They killed the evil gods. They didn't want to load over. But what God decided, you know what? I'm going to die for you. Willingly. Sacrificially. Surrendering. Submitting my life so that you might have life. It was foolish. And that's why when it comes to talk about somebody about how he died on the cross. It was foolishness. But yet there's wisdom. Because who the son sets free. It's free indeed. And we know that when God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that we were separated because of our sins. But the blood of Jesus can wash us white as snow. And when we can confess, hallelujah, and let God know we have messed up, he says he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I want to encourage you that as you want to walk, Humility and humbly before your God, you might be humiliated. But God gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. So those that walk all high and mighty and prideful as if they got it all together, they'll come tumbling down. But God will take the broken and build them up and they will place their feet on solid rock. Because on Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And so I put my faith on the one who died on that cross. Because on that cross, I found my victory. On that cross, I found my peace. On that cross, I saw the light and it set me free. I'm so glad that he came down from that cross. And they buried him in a borrowed man's tomb. But the Bible says that early on that third day morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And now that he's got all power in his hand, he told us this. If you read what Paul said, at the same power that rose Christ from the grave is also in you. I was at a few more weeks I'm so glad that his power is in me. And since his power is in me, I can dance. <laughs> I can sing, I can shout, knowing that all my good days, when I weigh my bad days, I won't complain. Because God's been good to me, better than I ever, ever, ever deserve. I'm so glad that no matter what I've gone through, it's not going to be greater than what I'm going to see in the morning. Because early, he's going to show up one day. And we all will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to dance. When I get in his presence, we're going to sing. When we get in his presence, so you ought to do it right now. And praise him right now. Because you've got to go ahead and practice and get ready for the performance. He's going to show up with a trumpet sound. Everything will change. Give him the glory. Be a fool for God and realize that he will also. That's what encourage you today. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. But thank God for what he's doing in your life. If I can get one person to wave their hand and say, thank you, Lord, for being good to me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. To God from Zion. Let the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, I wish you would dance your way out. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Oh, glory be to God. Woo. Yes, Lord. Amen. You want to run, go ahead and run. Hallelujah. <laughs> Mighty God, we just thank you, God. We thank you for your movement. We thank you for the activity of our land. And we can worship you, God, with the waving of our hands. The movement of our feet. The voice, Lord, of our mouth. Oh, thank you, God. We can exhaust you. 
We can worship. Father, there might be someone here who just feels liberated because of your presence. Father, I pray that they can confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That they believe he died on the cross for their sins. He defeated death and has given victory to us by defeating death and sitting in the right hand of the Father and Majesty. Father, I pray, Lord, if they're looking for a church home, that they may find it right here. May we celebrate with them and communion with them and be baptism with them and disciple with them. Help build a better community together, making more disciples for your glory right here in this community. And if I, Lord, there might be someone listening online, Lord, I pray you help guide them through a Bible-leaving, Bible-teaching church where they too can be baptized and celebrate the communion of saints together. And you be glorified and you be magnified. So, Father, we just thank you for your movement. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. In Jesus Christ, the Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue to worship our God, we pray to give God his tithes and our offering. Again, if you want to dance down the aisles and bring forth your offering, you can do that too. And those who may be online, you're welcome to uh, download our app or go to our website or text to give uh, as well. Let us pray that we're ready to give God his tithes and our offering. Let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you for who you are. Uh, we thank you, God, that you are God all by yourself. And Father, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Father, we ask to bless those who have desired to give, but yet have not. Uh, we ask you to bless and increase and multiply what is given for the work of your kingdom, for your church, for your gospel. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As it's the second Sunday, you know, the usher boys will have a special offering up for their uh, second Sunday. And then also, if you decide today, uh, you can go for a church home, you walk around, please minister, minister to the deacons. And we'll be happy to get your information and share how this opposite can be done here uh, in this place. Amen. Amen.
Amen. A few announcements uh, for this week and weeks to come. Amen. Thanks for the music ministry leading us. Amen. The spirit of David. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have our full team ministry meeting this Tuesday, um, October 10th at 6 p.m. Then uh, also um, we have uh, some lost and found. If you lost some glasses, uh, I left them right here. You lost some glass from last Sunday. Amen. All right. We got you. We got you. Amen. 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 All right. I once was lost, but now I'm fine. Amen. <laughs> All right. Also, um, Bible studies and session on Wednesday night. But this Bible study session, uh, we're going to have kind of a special presentation. And it's uh, from about from five funerals uh, for five for $55 a month. And so some of us, we know. Uh, definitely in our community, we're talking a lot of tragic laws, and then people are unable right, to cover the expenses, and there's, there's a ministry out here trying to help reduce that cost. So think about $55 a month and cover five kids. And so many of us have a you know, mobile, mobile, mobile plan made for $55, right? And so something might be cost efficient that you can have five people on and you can rotate the people on. You might add somebody in, so they'll share that information. Uh, with us, so just some time of information, encourage education. It may not be for you, but maybe for somebody else, invite them to come out. Uh, this Wednesday, 6 p.m., and they'll they'll be sharing that with us. So five funerals for $55 a month, and they have different levels. So right of the cost, so you can learn more about that from silver, gold to platinum level in that place. So we encourage you to come out for that. And then also a Sunday school where everyone is welcome for Sunday school. Everyone is welcome for Sunday school. Everyone is welcome for Sunday school. That is at 9 a.m. And then also today. We've got a, an event at the uh, Carver Center, and this that's a historical marker ceremony that is this afternoon at 12 to 1 p.m. Uh, at the Carver Historical Marker Center. So George Washington Carver Community Center is officially an historical site. So join us as we celebrate the unveiling of the official marker and view the new child care center and programs there. So you're welcome to go by there and celebrate. Many of us have been, you know, members here of Zion for a while. You know, a lot of our members have served the George Washington Carver Center. So another opportunity to maybe to see and celebrate some of the work many of our members did and help continue to make another uh, cornerstone um, building in our community, the George Washington Carver Center. And then lastly, um, I have Aunt Essie come forward and she has her announcement.
blessed, amen, to be here 17 years, amen. I thank God just for your grace and your mercy. Um, and with that, one more announcement, share that to echo that, is that after um, that Sunday, my anniversary, I appreciate you guys to celebrate that following Sunday, Metamore Mennonite uh, will be here with us. We're looking at a fellowship meal with them. And I'm sharing that because um, Pastor Eric Powell and I, we were just recently in Cincinnati for the CCDA, the Christian Community Development Association. And we were uh, plenary speakers for that event uh, that morning on Friday morning. So um, we both just got back Saturday uh, the, um, afternoon. And uh, well, I got back Saturday night, but he got his flight, got him back early that afternoon. And we were just blessed. Thank you for, for what we have been doing here in our community. We're able to share. Uh, Metamore, Mennonite, and Zion Baptist Church coming together, right, to predominantly different ethnicity and cultural congregations becoming us worshiping our God together, serving our God together, fellowshipping with our God together, and then try to work on racial reconciliation and healing. And, and so we were blessed by that. And so hopefully um, um, I might be able to share you some clips uh, from that. Um, Jeff and Jada Hare and Pastor uh, William Preston were there too. They did a workshop and they were, recorded us speaking. And so we're going to try to share that maybe too during that. When he comes back on the TV, when you fellowship in the middle, you can see that. 25-minute uh, presentation we were able to do together uh, in that space. We want to just share that with you, the work that's begun. And also with that, Pastor Pop is looking for um, members uh, from Metamore and Zion. We're looking for members from Zion to get together, have, meet at the table together. They have a fellowship dinner together. And we want to look to see that to get that in. We know we started that out prior to the uh, pandemic, so we're looking to rebuild that back up. And so if you signed up on the list before, uh, we're going to start a new list. So don't worry about that. We're going to ask to re-sign again and try to get at least uh, eight people from both our churches to come together and have a fellowship meal together outside of a we come together to continue to build that racial reconciliation and relationship. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much. Let us stand and prepare for the benediction. Oh, I'm sorry. One more announcement. Uh, um, in, in the music ministry as well, too. Uh, so we're looking to go on second Sunday. Uh, November 12th at the Galilee Missionary Baptist Church. I got it clear if you're not an usher board president, there's no program on that day, so we can all be there together. Amen. So November 12th at 3 p.m. at Galilee Missionary Baptist Church for their mother's ministry program. Oh! 